superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. Tara Roberts here along with Pat Fitzmorris and Billy Muzio. And today is our ranking show. We'll be going through the Fantasy Pros rankings tiers for week four. Pat and Billy are going to be providing their thoughts on the players in each tier. And honestly, guys, there is no better pair to provide analysis on these rankings because Billy was the number four overall most accurate in-season fantasy football ranker in 2022 and has done consistently well in our accuracy competition. And we'll talk about this week as well. And Fitz was the most accurate in-season weekly ranker in 2020 and has been consistently among the most accurate rankers in fantasy football. You can find Billy at FFMuzio and Pat at Fitz underscore FF. And you can find me at It's Tara Time. So buckle in, guys. This insight is going to be incredibly invaluable for your fantasy matchups this week. And before we get started... Make sure to subscribe and turn on notifications as well. Now, let's talk about week three real quick. Yeah, Pat, you know, how how things work out for you? How do you feel heading into week four? Yeah, I mean, it was okay. Mixed bag as far as fantasy teams results. I've uh, I've got a few 0-3 teams that I'm not feeling great about. But, uh, you know, there's some some good teams to couple of undefeateds. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. It was a decent rankings week. It was a, a pretty good week for player props and NFL wagers. So uh, yeah, I'm ready to get week four going. And, and Tara, our Packers play on Thursday night. What a great way to kick off the week. Yes, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and hopeful that we get for, um, for the Packers sake and for just fantasy football sake that we finally get Aaron Jones back in get the debut of Christian Watson, see what that offense looks like. Yes, yes. Uh, (laughs) And it seems like both of those things are going to happen. So uh, I can't wait to see what it looks like with all the pieces in place. Super excited. Billy, how did the the week three rankings go for you? You know, finished finished well. I'm back, baby. We we had a number one RB finish, which was great. Um, finished 13th overall, and so um, I like like I said last week, refining the process. As we get more data in, we start to understand what's happening a little bit more, and we can finally uh, you know get some tangible evidence of what coaches are actually doing here in the NFL, and be able to plug it into the sheet to get a a better algorithm for projections moving forward. Awesome, you love to see it. Running backs. All right, guys, we are going to jump in with our top 20 players right now. You can check those out here. And by the way, our consensus rankings and tiers can be found at fantasypros.com slash rankings. And you can also see the tiers on video at youtube.com slash fantasypros. So make sure that you check that out if you're listening to the podcast. So we've got our top 20 players. Oh, man. Very interesting group here. Um, guys that we love to see, Pat, is there anything that stands out within this top 20 for you? You know, Tara, it's a little surprising to me to see Kyron Williams at RB 10. Um, the usage has been great. No denying that, but he's averaging 3.6 yards per carry and 4.1 yards per target. It feels like this heavy duty usage is unsustainable, like, I feel like there's something coming in the Rams backfield, and I'm not sure what exactly, but Kyron is 5'9 and 195 pounds. Like, I don't think he can keep playing 85% of the Rams' offensive snaps. It just doesn't seem remotely sustainable. And even though I fell backwards into him in a couple of leagues and, uh, you know, drafted him in the late rounds, and it's worked out really well, I'm I'm starting him everywhere, but I have him ranked RB16, so I'm definitely below consensus on him. Um, Raheem Mostert, like, how high is too high for him with Devon Chain now announcing his arrival in week three? Uh, I mean, I get it. Mostert just scored four touchdowns, and, and the Dolphins dropped a 70-burger on the Broncos, but RB8 seems maybe a little fanciful. I don't know. And um, let me ask you guys about the return of Alvin Kamara. ECR has him at RB19, and so do I. 
I don't know. Is that too conservative? Like, I, I just don't know what the workload is going to look like in his first week back. But maybe with Jamal, Jamal Williams out, it's going to be a, a big workload right away. Tara and Billy, you guys have any thoughts on that, Tara? Yeah, it's interesting to me. I mean, based off last week, it didn't really feel like anyone popped out. I know we expected and we kind of, you know, hoped that there would be some kind of initial maybe limited surge from Kendra Miller stepping up as the rookie and he didn't really give us anything we've seen before that Tony Jones Jr. has just been someone that when there are healthy backs they just don't trust and really utilize so I mean it's possible that he comes back into aggressive workload you just kind of get concerned what he is ready to immediately step into Billy how about you yeah, I'm actually higher than ECR on Alvin Kamara. And it's just they have a lack of running backs right now. And we've seen the uh, probably the lack of consistency from who is running the ball currently. I mean, Tony Jones has been less than stellar. Uh, we've even seen Taysom Hill get his fair share of touches. Um, we know that um, he's needed. Uh, and and this offense is needs another weapon desperately. Uh, they have not got the production from the tight end they were hoping for either. And so, you know, Kamara last season in 15 games, all 77 targets. Uh, I think that we're going to see him heavily utilized in the passing game again. I think he's going to see probably, you know, 48 to 52 percent of the rushing share. And we're going to see him dominate all the passing down. So uh, that's just going to prop up his fantasy, his fantasy output. And I think that he's going to consistently step into that, you know, 65 to 70% opportunity share right out the gate and ramp up close to 80% as the season progresses. And so uh, I'm, I'm higher on Alvin Kamara versus ECR. Mm, you mentioned those passing downs. I, I've been so hopeful that we can finally get the revival of the Alvin Kamara um, receptions that we've been desperately seeking for. He's been used so much on early downs and getting, you know, heavy utilization on the ground, 20 carries and just very limited in reception. So if we can finally get that switch and they can utilize him the way that he's supposed to, I, I'm with you. Maybe we can be a little bit higher. Is there anyone else that kind of jumps out with you in this top 20? Yeah, Jameer Gibbs, um, yeah, he's coming in right now at ECR, I think it's 11. And uh, he just has not had the opportunity to be able to uh, produce. And uh, we all love the talent. We know that he is in a prime situation to uh, exceed, but they just haven't given him the opportunity share that we would hope for. I mean, 37.3% on the season. He's only seen the snap share of 38.6%, which is RB44. Hasn't seen uh, as many carries as we'd hope for either. And so if we continue to see this usage, or I should say lack thereof, is we're doing this DeAndre Swift dance again, and he's going to consistently underperform it versus ECR and, and where uh, we want to put him in our rankings based upon the talent and the situation. Pat, how about you with Jameer Gibbs? Yeah, uh, we were talking about this backstage here. We uh, have seen our Green Bay Packers get uh, chewed up by the, this type of running back. It seems like this archetype of running back, the space back, um, kind of destroys the Packers, or at least that's been the case, it seems like, for the last decade or so. Um, I don't know. I I have him in my top 12, and I don't feel great about it. Billy's probably right. I should I should move him down. It's such an uncomfortable ranking. It's it's weird. And then we got to figure out David Montgomery and all this. It's a, it is a mess, but hey, it's it's the Lions. So here we go. Is that the bias in me kind of peeking out right there? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> all right, guys, we've got our top 20 here. We're going to jump ahead and go into the next grouping. Our C tier kind of rounds out there with Brian Robinson and jumps into the D tier. Um, we've got Jerome Ford uh, and... You know, Isaiah Pacheco, Rashad White, Devin A. Chain, James Conner, Najee Harris. Yeah, let's let's talk about James Conner. Kind of pull him out right here. ECR has him at RB twenty four. Pat, you've got him RB twenty two. Billy, you've got him RB nineteen. Uh, both of you feeling a little bit more positively, and I like to see that as the resident James Conner lover here. Um, talk to us about James Conner, Pat. What are your thoughts? I understand the feelings of trepidation that someone might have about starting James Conner against this brick wall of a 49ers run defense. They were great against the run last year. They have allowed a league low 111 rushing yards to running back so far this year. I'm just trying to follow the volume here. And we have seen Conner as one of the few running backs getting true workhorse usage. He's averaging 17 carries a game and almost 20 touches a game. I mean, it's possible he gets 17 carries a game or 17 carries in this game against the 49ers. And it, it results in like 36, 38 rushing yards. Um, 
but still in in nearly every instance i'm going to bet on the volume and uh sort of let the chips fall i'd rather start connor than a committee back on a better offense and and maybe Maybe he gets something going in the passing game. The 49ers have given up a league-high 21 receptions to running backs so far this year. Billy, that, does the matchup, maybe Maybe is the matchup, is that what's kind of driving the ECR, pushing him back a little bit? We've got San Francisco been incredibly stout against the run. And, you know, are they going to force Joshua Dobbs to pass? He's been mildly successful thus far. What are your, what are your thoughts around it? He has been mildly successful, and we just saw them come off and beat the Cowboys, um, and and I think that that surprised everybody. I think that was also holding his ranking down last week. I was higher than last week, and it just breaks down to what Pat said. It's it's volume, and volume is king in fantasy football. He's seeing 81.1% of the opportunity share. That's RB5 right now in the league. Snap share at 77.8%, which is RB7, and he's seen a total of 51 carries uh, through the season so far, which is RB number four, and so anytime you have this this type of involvement, this type of usage, when I mean, we talked about this last week, it's going to prop up the overall uh, numbers for fantasy success. And if we can get that touchdown, great. It's going to easily finish inside the top 20. And I don't necessarily think he needs to even land that touchdown in order to hit this number just because the volume is so uh, so high. I and mean, we're seeing him involved in the passing game. We're seeing him involved in the ground. And he's just being utilized all over the field. As long as he can stay healthy, he's, he's, gonna, he's in line for a massive workload this season. We'll jump to another running back here that has been operating as a workhorse running back and maybe has a little bit of skepticism behind him as well, Rashad White. Um, You guys are on opposite sides here, so I can't wait to hear this. ECR has him at RB25. Pat, you are at RB28. And Billy, you are at RB20. Billy, let's uh, let's talk uh, wax poetically positively about Rashad White. Uh, he keeps coming up high in my model and I keep manually adjusting him back and manually adjusting him back just because we haven't seen the overall output to match where the, the model has, has him. I mean, week two was the only week that we saw it, but 68.3% of the opportunity share, which is RB15. He's at 73.9% of the snap share, which is RB10. We have actually seen them run 335 uh, run plays per game, which is number which is number six in the league. He has 34 carries throughout the, the beginning of the season, which is RB7. He's actually seen seven targets, so that's top 20 as well. It's RB19. And so I love the usage. I mean, he's been inefficient with it so far, but I don't necessarily think it's been his fault per se. Uh, a lot of this is offensive line related. I do think that um, it's going to eventually he's going to have to break one. And and I, I, I guess I'm saying this as a Rashad White truther that I keep making up excuses. But at the end of the day, when we see see this type of volume is bound to have some success. And I continue to put them inside the top 20 based on the volume alone. And if it bites me one more week, I'll have to keep manually adjusting the algorithm. But with this type of volume, it can't be ignored. Pat, how about you? Any, any concerns around the volume? What's, what's the hesitation here? Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I feel I'm being contradictory in ranking James Conner inside RB2 range and Rashad White outside RB2 range, because as Billy said, you know, we're getting volume out of Rashad White. I guess part of the reason I'm shying away, well, one is the matchup. I mean, the Saints have looked really, really good on defense. I I think they're going to stamp themselves pretty soon here as a defense like you feel bad about when your players are going against them. Um They've allowed the seventh fewest rushing yards, and PFF has them graded as the sixth best run defense so far. But back to Connor versus Rashad White, I I think we know that Connor is a good player. Like he is well above replacement level as a running back. And I don't know that we know that about Rashad White yet. And and like I was very optimistic about him coming into the season, I, I think he's good. But we don't really know for sure yet, and the Buccaneers' run blocking has not been very good. I think that's going to be a problem against the Saints. And while Rashad White does have 10 receptions so far, he's got those 10 receptions on 10 targets. So he's not getting, like, the great usage in the passing game we were seeing last year. Baker Mayfield is not the checkdown machine that Tom Brady was. So White might not have quite the pass-catching upside we believed he had. It's kind of interesting too. I mean, it's been a very, it's been a very friendly schedule to start. Even Philadelphia, um, traditionally not a friendly matchup, but they've been dealing with injuries and things have been a little iffy with them. So yeah, there's, there could be some cause for concern here. Uh, This D tier has a lot of players that we want to touch on here. So we'll jump to another one here with 
with our player of the week. I guess we can call him that is the man of the hour, Devon HN. I mean, coming off of that spectacular performance where he and Raheem Mostert just absolutely obliterated the slate, 18 carries, 20 or over 200 yards, four total touchdowns. I mean, it was absolute madness. And he's gone from a guy that was sitting on literally everyone's bench to a guy that we're now sitting here ranking at ECR RB26. And you guys, again, are kind of on opposite ends here. Pat, you've got him at uh, RB29, Billy, RB24. Uh, so we're, we're kind of sitting around that, that RB2, high-end RB3 situation. So, Pat, what's, uh, what's the feeling here around A-Chan? Well, I'm fading him because he wants to be called Devon A-Chan rather than A-Chan. A-Chan is such a cool name. Why would you want to be called A-Chan? I, I just don't get that. No, um, yeah. It's been yeah, hard. I mean, it's been hard to flip it, right? I know, I know. And uh, you know, like when people would mispronounce his name or or so I thought in the off season. I'm like, no, it's it's A Chain. It's a great name. How could you blow that? Um no, as much as I love this guy and and over the winter, like on the the Fantasy Pros Dynasty podcast, I was saying how he reminded me when I watched him at Texas AM of Warwick Dunn. And, you know, look viewers and listeners under 30 might not appreciate that, but Warwick Dunn was awesome back in the day. And this little, really fast guy who had exceptional contact balance. And I, I see the same thing with A-Chain. It's not just that he's fast. It's that he pinballs off tacklers. We saw that on his little shovel pass touchdown uh, last week when, you know, some guy hit him squarely and A-Chain just bounced off. So, um, I still worry, though, that he is not a lock for double-digit touches this week. Um, like, should Devon Achan, Achan be playing ahead of Salvan Ahmed? Yes, absolutely. But Mike McDaniels already said that players in his on his team do not lose their spot on the depth chart due to injury. And if Ahmed comes back this week from a groin injury, I don't know what that does to Achan's role. And you know, if if Ahmed is out again. I'm going to move A-Chain up. But, um, I mean, if he plays, I just worry the workload is not going to be the workload we think he should have. Mm, Billy, uh, what are the con- are there any concerns around you? Or are you feeling more positively about it? Is, uh, is uh, the return of Savan Ahmed a potential concern? No, I think the return of Salva Ahmed is going to be great because he's going to be bringing him lots of water during the game to be able to <laughs> support his elite fantasy output. Um, so he's going to stay hydrated throughout week four. I'm looking really looking forward to his his fantasy production. Um, I, Devon A. Chain, I was so super high on going into the season. I mean, he's got Chris Johnson speed, 4.32 speed. This kid is fast, blazing fast. And how fast? He actually recorded the fastest Miles per hour in week three at 21.93. Number two was Tyreek Hill. Number three was Raheem Mostert. Number four, again, was Tyreek Hill. And number five was also Devon A-Chain last week. So two of the top five fastest speeds. Everybody on the Dolphins hit this this top five. Um, but I, I don't think it's going away. I don't think that you can keep a player uh, of his magnitude off the field or I see you can't keep him off the field for Salvin Ahmed um, after this, 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 this type of production. I mean, he looked great, not only in the passing game, but on the ground. I mean, we're talking about a monster, monster, monster game, 203 yards on the ground. Um, he had another 30 in the air, four total touchdowns. They drafted this kid. They have draft capital invested into him, you know, third round draft capital at that for the running back. And so they saw something in him prior to the season. I think they definitely saw it last week. And I don't think that that's going to change with Selvin on Medback. Before we move on to the next player, football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. No one's missing out. On the action this season, all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 4 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS at sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 
www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance, eligibility, and deposit restrictions apply. All right, guys, let's jump back into the next player here. And we're going to talk about one that everybody loves to debate about. It is Najee Harris. ECR has him at RB27. Pat, you've got him at RB24. And Billy, you've got him at RB25. So you guys are kind of, you know, very close in lockstep there. You're feeling a little bit more positively than ECR. Pat, um, how are you feeling about Najee this week? Oh, man, I'm trying to stay upbeat here, Tara, but it has been bad. And and mea culpa, I was very much in on Najee Harris this year. Uh, and, you know, as a result, I've got people outside my front door right now with torches and pitchforks ready for uh, ready to come for my head for recommending him. He was good in the second half last year, and I thought his offensive line was going to be a lot better with with what the Steelers invested in it in the offseason. Has not been the case. Pittsburgh off Pittsburgh's offensive line has been pretty bad. Um, PFF has them ranked 28th in run blocking so far this this year. I mean, I think the appeal here is the matchup against the perennially bad Houston Texans run defense, which has already given up five touchdown runs to running backs. And you just hope that the fairly safe usage floor you get with Najee Harris. He had uh, what 17 carries last week against the Raiders. Only netted 65 yards. So actually 19 carries for 65 yards. Hopefully if he gets 19 carries against the Texans, we're seeing him go over 100. I don't know if that'll be the case, but I'm, uh, you know, one more chance, Najee, or you're on our benches in week five. Yeah, the Texans. It's tough not to want to buy into that matchup with how they have been against the run. Billy, is it the matchup doing it for you that makes you push them a little bit higher than ECR? I'm like not a nausea guy. So the fact that I'm above ECR scares me on this one because you can typically like there's death taxes and Musio being lower on nausea than ECR or like the, the most consistent things in the universe. And so the fact that I'm higher scares me. I'm a little concerned with what the algorithm kicked out. I'm probably going to take a deeper look into it because the usage hasn't been there. The efficiency hasn't been there. But the Pat's point, the matchup is cake this week. And so I'm, I'm assuming that that's what happened inside of the Excel sheet. But I just don't like what they what I've seen at Najee. I don't like Jalen Warren's continuous involvement inside of the passing game for a Najee Harris uh, ranking. We've seen Jalen Warren see 15.5% target share. And so if Najee continues to lose more and more and more of that, um, and he plods his way to uh, you know, 3.8, 3.9, 4 point yards per carry, it's not going to look good for the fantasy stat line even against Houston. I feel like I need to adopt your attitude a little bit, being the, you know, down on Najee. I try to coddle Najee a little bit, be a little bit more positive towards him. It's not working out. I need to drop that attitude and just get on board with being tougher and more critical of Najee. All right. We um, have kind of wraps this up. We had a lot of D tier players to talk about. A very interesting, controversial tier. Um, we'll jump into some E tier players now. We've got Brees Hall. RB30 is where he is at on ECR. Pat has him at RB26. Billy, RB33. So this is good. We've got a little bit of a differing, uh, different opinion here. Billy, RB33. Brees Hall, you're not, you're not feeling it? Love Brace Hall, the player. Don't like the Jets right now. Uh, this this team is in shambles. Uh, it looks like they're about to implode. Uh, we're seeing players fight on the sideline with coaches. We're seeing other players come out and call out the coaches uh, in regards to uh, backing the quarterback. And so we see this type of chaos inside of a locker room. It's never a good thing for a team, let alone the player who's only seeing 39 point. 0.1% of the opportunity share. So um, until we can see closer to 40, 50%, Brees Hall is just not going to be able to see the touches that he's going to need to be successful. Uh, we saw that one big run uh, in week one. And outside that, it's been pretty 
mediocre, subpar even. And I would say that it's it doesn't look like there's there's any bright horizons in the future. Uh, snap share only 33.3% is RB47. Weighted opportunities of only 14.7, which is RB44. Uh, he's only seen uh, 26 carries so in three weeks, RB38. And so if we continue to see this misusage, uh, then I, I am, have serious concerns about Brees Hall. Pat, how about you? I'd love to get into a big argument with Billy here on this, Tara, <laughs> but um, it is probably my most indefensible ranking of any player for week four. And I just have too much respect for the talent of Brees Hall to leave him outside my top 30. I'm begging Nathaniel Hackett to uh, call more runs for Brees Hall. Like the Jets, their passing game is completely broken. Their run blocking grade is is second uh, in PFF's run blocking grades. I mean, like... It only makes sense. Like you have to move the ball on offense and, and Brees Hall is like your best chance to do that. Please give this guy the ball more and justify my probably unjustifiable RB26 ranking. Uh, I get it. I get the justification. Um, it's a tough one, really. And we'll move on to another tough one that is literally right behind him. Uh, Khalil Herbert. And he, this one has been up and down and it's kind of a weird situation where w- we can't trust Khalil Herbert, We've got, but we've got an ideal matchup. Like uh, this Chicago-Denver matchup, I feel like, is either going to be a fantasy bonanza, incredible, you know, two teams beating each other's awful defenses up, or it's just going to be a hot mess and nobody um, produces anything. So you guys may be feeling the, the hot mess side of it because ECR has him at RB31. Pat, you've got him RB35 and Billy RB35. Pat, Khalil Herbert, is it, is it, is it going to happen this week or now? Sign me up for the hot mess point of view, Tara. Uh, I just, like, Herbert has not gotten double-digit carries in a game this year. So far, nine, seven, and seven carries through Chicago's first three games. Part of a two-man backfield, Roshan Johnson is there, and I, I can't help but feel like eventually the Chicago coaching staff is going to turn the dials toward Roshan Johnson in this backfield and, and just give him a bigger share. Um, and now it is a good matchup. The Broncos defense just got blowtorched against the run uh, with the Dolphins, and they weren't good against the Commanders either in week two when Brian Robinson had a pair of touchdown runs. But um, this Bears offense just isn't trustworthy right now. Yeah, it's two weeks in a row the Broncos offense has allowed the overall RB1. <laughs> uh, and technically, you know, beyond that with Ray Mostert. So, Billy, how, how about you? What, what's, the, what's the outlook here for Khalil Herbert in this matchup? Yeah, it's just muddied waters. Uh, Pat Pat was spot on. Uh, we're seeing a rotation in this backfield and and the uh, lack of efficiency just altogether for the Bears and moving the ball. And so when we see just reduced amount of plays, I mean, we're seeing not only, you know, a, a very limited amount of passing attempts, which I, I forewarned people about with this offense, but we're also seeing now a very limited amount of rushing plays per game. They only have 22 rushing plays per game, which is 25th in the league. They're not able to move the chains. Uh, any we can't move the chains. We can't move the ball. They're not going to continue to, to be able to pound the ball on the ground, especially uh, in this matchup this week. So they're going to be forced to throw the ball. And when we have seen who's been the preferred target, Roshan Johnson in the passing game, who's seen 13% of the target share, uh, it does not bode well for Khalil Herbert's fantasy success this week. And so I do have some concerns and some doubts about Khalil Herbert. If they could, if they finally committed to the run, um, then I think that um, it's, 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 a, it's a different opportunity, but I don't think that they're going to to commit to the run that much. You just answered the question I was literally going to ask you. Does this, you know, the Khalil Herbert skepticism, does it make you, are you more positive about the potential for Rashawn Johnson in this matchup? Yeah, I, I think Roshan is the back to own in this backfield moving forward. Uh, I think that we've seen his success in the inside of the passing game. Like I mentioned earlier, 13% of the target share. Um, you know, he's only seen 23.9% of the carry share. If we can see that number get closer to 30 or 35%, then I think that he is more startable over Khalil Herbert. And it's already closer than uh, people want to admit already. And so... If we can just see him get a few more carries a game, um, I think that Roshan is probably going to just take over the job altogether and and, and run with it. But um, I think the Bears will continue to mix in both backs in, 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 in the meantime. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they do move forward. But passing game-wise, Roshan is the back zone. 
Now, guys, I want to play a who would you rather game here. Before before we jump into this game, I want to talk about game time because football is back. It is week four and our fantasy season is in full swing. And while we love watching hours and hours of our favorite teams on TV, there is nothing better than catching a game live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on game time, the official ticketing partner of fantasy pros, fantasy football for last minute, amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football team, the September download game time. And as you've heard us say before, it's not just football game time has tickets to baseball games, concerts, comedy shows across the country. So download the game time app and redeem code fantasy pros for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, download the game time app and enter code fantasy pros, all one word, for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this weekend. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our game here. We're going to play Who Would You Rather? And the first one that I'm going to throw out to you guys is Damian Pierce, who had a little bit of a better game last year. Things came together with him in terms of a little bit more opportunity. So Damian Pierce or Jerome Ford coming off that positive performance last week? I'm going to go with Ford. Slight edge. Man, I've got a new nickname for Damian Pierce, Tara. I'm going to call him the beekeeper because he is constantly being swarmed. Like he gets the ball and tacklers are instantly swarming him. It's just so frustrating to watch. Um, Like I don't think we can be judgmental about Damian Pierce because this banged up Texans offensive line is just not giving him the blocking he needs. So um, give me Jerome Ford here. Billy, how about you? I'm going to back up Pat here and say Jerome Ford as well. Even a tough matchup last year, he cashed in, or last week, I should say, he cashed in. Uh, his involvement in the passing game as well is going to continue to prop up those fantasy scores, and they have fully committed to him as a rusher. Uh, I do think Kareem Hunt is going to be active this week, which will eat into it a little bit, but to Pat's point, Damian Pierce is just that line has been atrocious and it's been very, it's been hindering his, his overall output. And so I like the, the offensive line better in Cleveland. I like his opportunity share and I, I've leaned Jerome Ford here. I would love to disagree, but I can't. It is Jerome Ford for me as well. I mean, he didn't get a ton of production on the ground last week, but the fact that he actually gave us fantasy production against that Titans defense, which nobody else has been able to, it just made me feel so much more positively towards him and trusting him moving forward, despite, like you mentioned, Kareem Hunt potentially working in there as well. Uh, I still lean that direction. All right, we're going to do another Who Would You Rather here with Jarek McKinnon coming off of that multi-touchdown game or Ezekiel Elliott. Billy, which side do you prefer? This is like asking me which which outlet I want to stick the knife into, the left outlet or the right <laughs> outlet. But uh, if I have to choose here, I am going to lean with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, we're going to get the revenge game narrative, but it also breaks down to just the overall opportunity Saw 16 carries last week against uh, the Jets, um, where we've seen McKinnon's involvement in the in the rushing game has been nearly non-existent. Only seen three carries so far uh, throughout the season. You know, he's been seeing two to three targets a week, but that game script is not going to be in in the passing favor. And so, I think that uh, Zeke Elliott and revenge game narrative against Dallas. I want I want to see him uh, and what he's able to do. I don't think it's going to be a lot, but I do think that uh, it's going to be more than Jarek McKinnon. I love that you hit on the revenge game there for Ezekiel Elliott. You got to love the revenge games. Uh, Dallas defense has been incredibly stout. Maybe the, you know, dealing with the major injury to Trayvon Diggs kind of, you know, shook their core a little bit last week, but we did talk about James Conner's performance earlier and the strong game that he had against there. So maybe there is a little opening here for Zeke to come out and eat against this Dallas defense, get that nice revenge game. But Pat, is it Derek or is it Ezekiel Elliott for you? It's Zeke for me, too. And maybe the increase in Zeke's workload was partly attributable to the Patriots feeling better about his conditioning after being around for a couple of weeks and, um, you know, ramping up after basically missing all of camp. So, um, yeah, McKinnon is just so touchdown dependent. Uh, Last year, he averaged 7.5 touches a game, but he scored 10 touchdowns. Like the touchdown luck was very fortunate. You'd think that wouldn't continue, but so far, 10 touches in three games, just 3.3 touches a game. He's already scored twice. But the thing is, if he does not get into the end zone for you, 
you are going to have a big donut hole in the middle of your lineup in scoring because he's just not going to get you anything if you don't get that touchdown out of him. So, yeah, give me Zeke this week. It's, yeah, it, it's risky. McKinnon is one of those ones. It's either boom or complete bust. Wide receivers. Now, let's go ahead and we'll dive into these wide receiver rankings. And as a reminder, guys, our consensus rankings and tiers can be found at fantasypros.com slash rankings. You can see the tiers there as well and on the video podcast too. So go check that out on youtube.com slash fantasypros if you are listening. All right. The top 20. You guys can check those out right there. We've got top 20, an excellent list here. Billy, I'm going to start off with you. Is there anyone or anything in particular that kind of stands out with you here with these top 20 players? Yeah, it, it's still, I don't know if it stands out, but it's someone that I always just, I, it's, I'm, it's just taking me time to adjust to see Puka Nakua's name inside the top 12 every <laughs> single week. You know, we're seeing him along the likes of, you know, DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel and Chris Alave and Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, but can't argue with the volume the kids been seeing, you know, consistent volume last week was the only down week really so far throughout his, his early career. But uh, it's just taken some adjustments seeing his name near the top of the list every single week. Pat, how about you? Yeah, and in uh, fairness to Puka, like the down week, if that's what a down week looks like, I'll take it. You know, it's it's not. We've seen what the down weeks look like for Jamar Chase um, so far. And I, I do find it interesting that Jamar Chase is wide receiver five. Like the experts are not quite ready to put him back in that uh, top three circle of trust. I get it. Joe Burrow clearly playing at less than 100%, but uh, Chase is coming off a big game that I think reassured a lot of his investors. Let me ask you guys about Calvin Ridley. So he is wide receiver 16 this week. He is going up against an Atlanta defense that's been much better against the pass than the run so far. Like, we've only seen one good half from Calvin Ridley so far this season. So is, is wide receiver 16 maybe too high? I actually was doing a trade video of goodbye lows and I started to write about Calvin Ridley and then I stopped myself because I found myself struggling to find the justification. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's I we love these revenge games and we want to kind of dive back into this, but it it gets kind of tough because we've seen um, AJ Terrell has been fantastic. You know, he's been traditionally strong at shutting down and he knows Calvin Ridley and his tendencies and it's been a while, but I'm sure he can remember. Um, And it's coming off of two, you know, performances where the targets were kind of there, but I get kind of worried that, you know, even with Zay Jones out, even if he returns, you know, this Jacksonville offense last year operated in a way where they were flipping back and forth in terms of who was, you know, performing as the alpha in that offense. It just kind of depended on the matchup, depended on the week. It was Christian Kirk. It was Zay Jones over and over. And now we're looking at Calvin Ridley. And you wonder if this is, he's just in this mix now of this typical Jacksonville. Maybe this is just who Jacksonville is. And on a weekly basis, it's tough to pinpoint which one of them is going to pop and someone is going to have a disappointing week. So I do struggle with, he, I mean, he's a top receiver. So the ECR, it makes sense, but I do struggle with him and really trusting him in this situation. Yeah, that's fair. I have not been on the Calvin Ridley train since, since preseason. You know, he, the guy missed a year and a half of football, comes back to a new, new offense, new coach, new system. Uh, week one, I was looking very wrong. Week two and three, different story. Uh, and there's just, you know, as cliche as it is, there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. And they can turn the ball t- uh, to any receiver at any given point. And they also have a, a very reliable pass-catching running back and also a very reliable pass-catching tight end. And so um, 23% target share, uh, not not going to get it done for me as a top 20 receiver on a weekend weekend basis um and that's on the season so you know when we see that dip below that number on a week-to-week basis uh this gets him closer to that wide receiver 30 range and uh i know that it's it's a it's a bit of a, a shock to hear me say that he may be closer to wide receiver 30 than he's going to be to wide receiver 20 um but i do think that's where i'm more comfortable putting him i mean it's realistic and it makes sense you know, this is a solid top 20 and you look across the board and it's guys that you feel like you can trust. And he does just kind of stick out as a sore thumb of somebody who's really been struggling out of all these guys that have had these massive alpha games and he's had two in a row. That's really been highly disappointing. So I I get it. That's a, that's a good one to point out there. We'll jump out of this 
fantastic top 20. And we'll go on to our C tier. That B tier rounds out with Mike Evans and Jalen Waddle. And in the C tier, we do have somebody in particular that we want to pull out and talk about here. Uh, Jerry Judy. ECR has him at wide receiver 30. And boy, oh boy, guys, um, Pat and Billy are not feeling Jerry Judy this week. I'll just, you know, tip the hat right there. Pat has him at wide receiver 37. Billy has him at wide receiver 39. I'm not going to lie. I lean on the side of Billy and Pat here. Um, This Denver offense, again, we talk, you know, this matchup is, you know, very interesting between Denver and Chicago, but it's it's so difficult to trust either one of these teams. Pat, talk to us about Jerry Judy. Yeah, I think last year people were way too high on Cortland Sutton and not high enough on Jerry Judy. And this year the tables were sort of turned. I think people were way too high on Jerry Judy and not high enough on Cortland Sutton. I might have to come up a little bit on Judy in my rankings just because the Bears are dealing with a lot of injuries in their secondary. And it's it's certainly not a good secondary to begin with. So I only have Judy on one of my managed uh, non-best ball teams, and I am going to start him this week. I just don't have sky-high expectations because we have not seen Judy as the target hog that a lot of people thought he was going to be. Billy, how about you? Yeah, I'm on the same page as Pat here. I was much more on the Cortland Sutton train to start the season, and it just goes back to the coaching schemes. Uh, Lombardi has favored the X receiver, and Cortland Sutton plays that X receiver role. Uh, we talked about offseason about Mike Thomas having a career year with Lombardi. We talked about uh, how he had the Mike Williams had a career with Lombardi. So Cortland Sutton is now slid into that role. Jerry Judy, of course, was banged up to start the season, but now he's been on the field and he's only seen a target rate of 14.3 percent. Um, and so. We're not going to see any really significant fantasy relevance at a target rate below 15, let alone below 20. And so I think that if we can see this closer to 25, 26%, then yeah, we start to uh, mention his name inside the top 30 again, but um, it's, it's, it's not looking good right now for Jerry Judy. And I know this matchup is, is probably favorable for him, but this game I think could be a pretty ugly game altogether. And it could be just a rushing game across the board. So I'm not, I'm not a fan of Jerry Judy this week. I'm going to continue to leave him outside the top 30 until, until he proves me wrong. And uh wide receiver 39 is probably where he's going to settle. Yeah. And, you know, we touched on Cortland Sutton and the involvement that he has and that target share you get kind of worried that you know, do y'all guys have, do you have any concerns around Denzel or Marvin Mims, wrong, wrong Mims, Marvin Mims and the impact that he's making on such a, you know, very limited, but the talent is pulling through and you kind of got to wonder if, if he is going to start eking more and more and more, and is it going to start peeling away from Jerry Judy in particular, Pat, are you concerned about any involvement from Marvin Mims? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the Broncos have been giving all these wide receiver snaps to um, little Jordan Humphrey and Brandon Johnson and and Marvin Mims. And like Mims is getting the fewest opportunities and he is cashing in big time. And I do worry, like if they were to consolidate all these targets that are going to all these peripheral receivers for the Broncos and just give them to Mims, like if, if Mims is a regular in three receiver sets, I do think he is a problem for Judy and Sutton. Billy, how about you? Yeah, I'm on the same page here. Mims is is an exceptional talent, extremely fast, 4.38 speed. Uh, I do want to see him on the field more, but when he has been on the field, he's at least getting the looks. He's seen a 28.6% target rate when he is on the field, but he just hasn't been running a lot of routes. Only 14 routes run, 21.2% route participation. So same hope as Pat, want to see him on the field more. And if he does, it's going to be a trouble for the entire offense, uh, for all the weapons there, because he's been making the most of his limited opportunity. I want to pull out a player from the D tier here. And um, you guys are breaking my heart. I'm not going to lie on this one. (laughs) Tank Dell. ECR has him at wide receiver 31. Pat, you've got him at wide receiver 38. Billy, you've got him at wide receiver 47. I'm I'm heartbroken. I love Tank Dell. I I love what I've seen out of him. The impact that he's had. The continued increase in involvement. He just looks fantastic on the field. But, okay, talk talk me down here. Tell Tell me why I'm not being super high on tank Dell this week. Are we, are we anticipating Billy? Are we anticipating a Nico Collins bounce back? Because he was, he was minimized a little bit in last week's offense. The game script was very interesting with Houston dominating there. What are your, what are your thoughts around tank Dell for this week? 
Yeah, this was one that I, I circled on my sheet because I wasn't too confident or comfortable with the original projection. Uh, we've seen him score in back-to-back weeks. That's definitely helped his fantasy output. Um, but I, I, I do think that he will move up in my my projections and rankings as as the week continues, and I am able to kind of fine fine tune him and 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 clean him up. Um, but scoring back-to-back weeks, I don't want to chase the touchdown. Uh, we are seeing his snap share increase. We are seeing his routes increase. His overall yards, of course, are increasing. But uh, it was a really big touchdown. I mean, we're talking about a 70-yard touchdown. It kind of propped up the fantasy scores. Um, and so you take that away, and it's probably more in line with where I have him projected at. Um, I don't want to take away it because it actually happened. But, you know, 18.3% target share, not a lot to, to be able to be confident in. Um, you know, snap share only 63.8% route participation only 73%. So um, there is some concerns, but I do think his usage is, is increasing and I think it will continue to increase based upon his efficiencies and it's just a, a matter of of being able to see it a little bit more. And so I think eventually he'll come up, but as of right now, that's where I have him. Pat, you're not as you're not as far down, but you were definitely below ECR as well. Are you what are the concerns around here with Tank Dell for you? Yeah, and I have really no issues, Tara, with starting him against a, a Steelers pass defense that has given up the fifth most wide uh fifth most receiving yards to wide receivers so far and um you know like i i should have listened more carefully to my fantasy pros colleague Derek brown and uh my fantasy pros slash betting pros colleague thor nystrom our college football expert when they were screaming from the mountaintop that tank dell was basically uncoverable at the senior bowl in mobile and and that you should you know, take a late round flyer on this guy in fantasy drafts. But I do still feel like he is the second best receiver on this team behind Nico Collins. And I I just, as good as CJ Stroud has been as a rookie, and I think he's far surpassed all expectations in his first three weeks, has looked like a veteran out there. I still cannot get two Houston receivers into my top 36 like in the wide receiver three range. I just can't do it. So uh, Tank Dell falls just outside that range for me. Honestly, it's it's logical. I, too, love Nico Collins as well. This was, you know, a lot of very sharp fantasy analysts were very much so in on late round targets for Nico Collins and Tank Dell just because the upside existed for both of them. So it's, it's a lot, you know. It's a lot to be able to, you know, try and rank them both so highly knowing that, you know, this Houston offense does have its little limitations, so I get it. I, I feel it, even though I want to support my my short brethren, Tank Dell. But moving on to the <laughs> E tier. Yeah, I'm 5'2", I'm so I always support the shorties here. 2'2", <laughs> two, two well, shout out to him as well. Um, moving on to the E tier. We're going to pull one play out, one player out of there. Um, and again, you know, I guess we're, we're super, you know, I guess everybody's talking about this Denver-Chicago matchup. We just can't stop talking about it. We talked about Jerry Judy. Now we're going to talk about the other side with DJ Moore and what he is or isn't going to do against this, this Denver defense that we saw got absolutely absolutely lit up by um, Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, just, and he didn't throw that many passes, but that was a high touchdown percentage for the ones he threw. Can Justin Fields have the same impact this week? So ECR has DJ Moore at wide receiver 37. Pat, you've got him wide receiver 27, feeling good about it. Billy, you've got him at wide receiver 36. Pat, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you. And um, you're, you're feeling a lot more in on DJ Moore this week. The touchdown kind of saved him last week. But are we? what are we expecting out of him? It did save him. And he also, uh, Justin Fields probably made one of his most perfect throws, put it right in DJ Moore's mitts, and he dropped it. But that's really out of character, I think, for DJ Moore. Um, uh, may, maybe not. He has a few drops. But um, we just haven't seen him really exercise the after the catch ability yet this year where he really excels and I'm just still betting on DJ Moore's talent and and I believe in this guy and this is a guy who turned in 1100 yard seasons in Carolina with his primary quarterbacks for those three 1100 yard seasons being Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Allen and Sam Darnold. Basically the only quarterback who was able to thwart DJ Moore's pass catching productivity was Baker Mayfield early last season. So I still think the Bears are I don't know if they're going to fix all of their offensive problems, but I think it will look better than it has so far. Fields and more clicked in training camp in the preseason. I do think they're going to click again. I'm keeping DJ Moore inside my top 30 and I'm starting in myself in a bunch of leagues this week. 
Billy, you're on uh, on point with ECR here. You've got him at wide receiver 36. What are your thoughts around DJ Moore this week? It just breaks down to the offense for me. Fields just isn't looking good. He hasn't been throwing the ball a lot. Um, he's throwing it more, don't get me wrong, but it, this offense just isn't clicking. Uh, and we're not seeing the target rate or the target share that we used to see from DJ Moore. He used to be like a 26 to 28% target share kind of guy, and he's seen the 18 18% range right now, 18.1 to be exact, which is wide receiver 63. Target rate at 11.5, which is wide receiver 91. And so um, have a lot of concerns about his usage. I think if they're smart, they'll try to get him more involved because he's by far and away the most talented player on the field, uh, especially inside the receiving department. Um, and he's out there. It's not like he's not running routes. So he's he's out there running routes. He's getting his cardio in. He's just not seeing the ball. And so um, I do want to see them look his way a few more times. But until this offense changes until we see them force the ball into DJ Moore a little bit more. Uh, I think he's going to kind of float between this wide receiver 30 and wide receiver 40 range on a week to week basis. I think that does make a lot of sense. Uh, we'll, we'll pull someone from the F tier now, though it's the F tier, but I, there are a lot of very interesting names that I like here. Several that have some strong performances last week, uh, Christian Watson, in, or I'm sorry, Marquise Brown in particular, maybe Christian Watson coming back, but Elijah Moore is the guy that I want to pull here. Uh, coming off a strong performance, nine receptions, nine targets, a yardage wasn't there, but overall good performance from Deshaun Watson. The team looked very good against Tennessee for the most part, except for that one weird backwards pass, but we won't talk about that. But Elijah Moore, ECR, wide receiver 41. Pat, you got him at wide receiver 46, a little bit further back, but Billy, Billy, wide receiver 20. Four. We're going to start off with you, Billy. I, uh, tell us why we are buying in big on Elijah Moore, other than the obvious of the talent. What, what's, what are you feeling about Elijah Moore this week? This is one of those defend yourself kind of statements here. Um, Baltimore is actually giving up the eighth most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Uh, in particular, they've given up 71 points to slot receivers. Uh, and we have seen the usage that we wanted to see out of Elijah Moore. 25% target share, 25.4% target rate. Uh, he's just not seeing, you know, good targets. I mean, Deshaun Watson's missing him high. He's missing him low. He's missing him left. He's missing him right. I feel like a Dr. Seuss book over here. I could be rhyming about how much we've seen uh Deshaun Watson struggle but I do think that that is bound to change when we have this type of volume at a receiver position uh it is it is due for positive regression from the the overall stat lines for re receptions as well as yards and as well as touchdowns so uh, I like the chances against Baltimore giving up uh you know the eighth most to the position and I think that this is going to be a get right week for him Pat, how about you? Is this more of a continuation of uh, Amari Cooper coming off that strong performance, maybe being strong again this this week? Um, or is there any other issues that you're seeing with Elijah Moore? The issues, Tara, empty PPR calories. That's what Elijah Moore is right now. He is he is PPR cheesecake and um, it, high calories, no nutritional value. And, and don't get me wrong. I have nothing against cheesecake. It's <laughs> it's reason number 3,982 why I have never been asked to be on the cover of Men's Health magazine. But um, 25 targets, 15 catches, 128 yards, no touchdowns for Elijah Moore so far. He's averaging 8.5 yards per catch and 5.1 yards per target and that's with a 33 yard reception uh this season i i can't even imagine how ghastly the efficiency numbers would be if he didn't have that long catch his average depth of target so far is 7.8 yards which is almost four yards shorter than his career average also playing against the ravens this week in a game that sets up as a classic low scoring afc north rock fight the vegas total for this game was 41 last i checked i'm just not that excited about elijah moore this week yeah, I could understand that. I mean, it's, it, it's tough to kind of feel that the progress is going to be made there when we haven't seen him again. You're talking about PPR. The receptions are fantastic, but it's just not amounting too much. So I, I can I can kind of feel you on that. I, I want to be on the Billy side, but I hesitate a little bit. And I hate that because I love Elijah Moore. Guys, we're going to jump into a fun little game. Who would you rather? But before we do that... If you are ready to make a bold statement after dominating the first three weeks of your fantasy football league, introducing the bling ring from Trophy Smack, the championship ring that shouts victory. We have teamed up with Trophy Smack to bring you an epic giveaway that will take your league celebrations to the next level. To be eligible, all you need to do is subscribe to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel, your ultimate source for fantasy football insights and updates. 
leave a comment below on any of our videos like this one right here. And that is it. And the best part, we'll be announcing the lucky winner right here on the channel. So don't forget to turn on those notifications. That way you will be the first to know when there are new episodes that drop and when it's time to claim your exclusive prize. Get ready to elevate your fantasy football glory with the bling ring from Trophy Smack and stand out as the true champion that you are. Subscribe, comment, and let the bling do the talking. All right, let's go ahead and uh, jump into our who would you rather game. And I, this one is so interesting because it's literally just the youth versus the versus the elderly. Is that mean to say? Um, love, love you, Adam Thielen. But uh, who would you rather, Drake London or Adam Thielen? Pat. I cannot believe I'm saying this because I am such a Drake London fan, but I would actually rather have Adam Thielen this week. And it's not entirely the revenge game narrative. Great, great week for revenge games, by the way. Adam Thielen against the Vikings, Zeke against the Cowboys, Ridley against the Falcons. But man, like, I just had the feeling last week I, I smashed the over on the uh, receiving prop for Adam Thielen. It was like 30 some yards, 38 and a half or whatever. And, and you know, he shatters that goes over 100 yards. You know, the veteran quarterback is going to lean on the veteran receiver. You know, Andy Dalton and Adam Thielen, a pair of gray beards hooking up. And now they're going against a, a bad Vikings pass defense. Like, yes, give me some of that. I'm I'm starting Adam Thielen in at least two leagues this week. I too was on that uh, that train. I and I wish I had gone in on it more. I kind of was like, hey, just you know, this could be a nice Andy Dalton week. It's a good matchup. I mean, you might want to start Adam Thielen, and maybe like it's kind of interesting. And then, you know, I kind of waffled a little bit on it. Didn't truly commit the way that I should. But I mean, you're right. The only thing I get worried about, I think I lean on the Adam Thielen side. But the only thing I get worried about is. Can we trust Andy Dalton two weeks in a row? I felt positively about it last week, and this is a good matchup. In theory, it should transfer over. But is he going to give us two weeks in a row, or is he just going to do that Andy Dalton thing where uh, like we're, we're having high expectations and all of a sudden we get nothing and Thielen is left out in the cold? Billy, are you a Drake London or Adam Thielen this week? Oh man, this is I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but I'm I'm choosing Adam Thielen over Drake London. Man, 2023 <laughs> comes at you fast. Uh 16 and a half percent target share for Drake London as he getting it done. Ritter's been struggling. So I'm gonna go with the with the Red Rocket with Andy Dalton. I just think this offense is gonna move the chains a bit more. Uh and Pat touched on it. The Minnesota Vikings are actually giving up the third most fantasy points to the wide receiver position through the beginning of the season. Uh, they're giving out 105.3 fantasy points out wide too. So that's actually the most inside the league. Um, we've seen a lot of shootouts with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think it's any different this week. I think we're going to see a pretty high score here. Um, so Adam Phelan for me over Drake London this week. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I did. We're doing it. It feels crazy, but <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to put you guys to the test again with uh, Tutu Atwell or Jacoby Myers. This one is, did you think preseason that we would, no, Jacoby Myers, yes, but did you think preseason that we would ever be asking this question here of Tutu Atwell versus Jacoby Myers? <laughs> Billy, is this like? I mean, am I am I crazy or is this, I mean, this is wild. Who who would you, who would you rather? This is I have them back to back in rankings, thirty and thirty one to be exact. Um, Jacoby gets the slight edge because of the matchup uh, we have against the Chargers. The over unders at forty seven and a half, um, and um, I think that uh, this is going to be a shootout. Jacoby's been heavily involved. And um, I, I think that the Chargers are going to look to try to stop somebody, and that somebody's probably going to be Devontae Adams. So I think that we'll see a Jacoby Myers game this week. And um, I give him a slight lean that way. But Tutu has been very impressive. Um, saw a lot of targets last week and kind of been a pleasant surprise here in 2023. But Jacoby gets a slight lean for me. Any concerns around who is quarterbacking that game for Jacoby? Does it matter? Does it matter for Jacoby Myers? No, I don't think it really matters. I think um, they have a funnel in their offense, right? We see it go through Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Josh Jacobs. Um, and when you have this this clear of a path of of, of target trees and and, and routes and routes, and as well as as carries, um, it's it's pretty easy to project. Um, even if you have some of the worst quarterback play that you can imagine, um, we're still going to see it funneled through the three. Pat, what about you? Tutu Atwell, a high-end wide receiver, too, overall right now. Or Jacoby Myers, who would you rather? 
Yeah, this is really interesting because it's two guys who are fantasy viable despite playing with giant target hogs. I mean, Devontae Adams for the Raiders, Puka Nakua for the Rams. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I do worry a little bit about the quarterback factor for the Raiders. It pushes me a little bit towards uh, Tutu Atwell here and um, really good matchups for both. We have seen that um, the Chargers have some major issues on defense and uh, the Colts, their outside cornerbacks are really young and inexperienced too. So um, good matchups for both. But uh, Tara, after what you said about the short guys, like how can I not back you up here and go with Tutu Atwell? So yeah, I got to go with Tutu. You would think I'm going to back up Tutu. This is not a knock to Tutu at all. I just, I kind of lean towards Kobe Myers being the safer oh. option. I know, I know. But again, it's Be- just, Betraying your fellow shorty, Tara, come on. I am. I feel bad about it. <laughs> I feel so bad. I should, I should reverse it and, and support him. I'll, I'll tweet about it and make sure that my support of Tutu this week is well known. Um, but yeah, I guess technically it's, I would rather with Jacoby Myers this week. All right, we're going to do one more thing here. We're going to bring a little, we're talking wide receivers, but we're kind of going to blend the show a little bit here. Billy and Pat, I'm going to give you three players who fall into the flex zone. And um, I'm going to ask you how you would order these players. And we'll start with you, Billy. The first one, the first grouping that we're going to do is Gus Edwards, Jaden Reed, and Joshua Palmer. Uh, it's pretty clearly Josh Palmer for me at one, Jaden Reed at two, Gus Edwards at three. Um, I love Palmer's opportunity now that we have Mike Williams, unfortunately, on a uh, season-ending injury. Uh, that opens up 22% of the target share for him. This was already one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the league. Uh, we have Justin Herbert you know, with the number one most attempts in deep balls. We've seen him with the number two most attempts in the red zone. Uh, pace of play inside the top six as well. Uh, passing yards inside the top seven air yards instead of top five. So we know this offense is going to throw the ball. Palmer steps into a wide receiver two role in this offense, been familiar uh, in this role. Uh, frequently last year kind of in and out of that one two and three role with injuries and so I think they lean on him over the rookie and Palmer for me is 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 inside the top 25 position. Pat how about you? Yeah, I think I would order it the same way that Billy has it ordered. And Billy said it pretty well. Like, I don't know if Josh Palmer is much better than a replacement level wide receiver, to be totally honest. And I I do think maybe we'll see Quentin Johnston pass him in terms of snaps and uh, routes run at some point. But maybe not yet, probably not in, in week four. And, you know, even if Palmer isn't super talented, he is going to play a lot of snaps and run a lot of routes for a team that has a great quarterback and in a matchup uh, against, you know, the Raiders who are not great against the pass. So I, I do go with Palmer here. Um, read by nose over Edwards. Maybe if it was standard scoring, I'd, I'd lean Edwards here. But I think with, um, you know, in PPR, half PPR, even with Christian Watson coming back, I think I'd rather have Jaden Reed. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys, too. By the way, um, if you have any who should I start questions, you can use the who should I start tool in my playbook. And any tough decisions, you can get a full breakdown of everything that you need to know. So make sure that you've got my playbook and you can access that. It'll be a great tool for you to use for all of these kind of difficult decisions here. Flex is always the tough one. We'll do one more flex question here, ranking these three players. Pat, I'm going to toss it to you first. It is Tyler Algier, Jahan Dotson, and Sam Laporta. <laughs> mm, um, wow, I'm going to go with the tight end here, Tara. Give me Ooh. Sammy ball game. Um, and then I'm going to make it Tyler Algier, number two, Jahan Dotson, number three. Pains me to have Jahan Dotson last. Um, still a guy I really like. I just don't think we get the breakout game from him in week four against an Eagles defense that I think is probably going to turn up the heat on Sam Howell and harass him all game long. So uh, Dotson is last. Algier, you know, kind of hit or miss. But he is getting pretty consistent touches for the Falcons, and we know they want to be run heavy. But um, Sammy Ballgame, you have to like the usage he's getting. He's playing a lot of snaps, running a lot of routes, and and he's really good. I mean, ask any Iowa football fan. That was the only thing that worked for the Iowa offense last year. Um, you know, now they don't have him, and they're coming off a shutout against Penn State. So, uh, yeah, Sam Laporta here. Sam Laporta coming off that huge game. Billy, how do you rank those three? 
Have them the same order Pat did. Uh, Laporta just seeing a lot of opportunity. I mean, 22.9% target share, uh, which is more than Jahan Dawson's seen. Jahan Dawson's only seen 17.5. And, uh, and Tyler Algier is seeing not only consistent touches on the ground, but also through the air. You know, three targets week one, zero week two, but he saw three more in week three. Um, so I'm going to lean the running back over Jahan Dotson in that tough matchup. But Laporta pretty clearly the number two option inside the passing game for Detroit behind uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, and so I'm going to lean with a rookie tight end here and uh, Laporta gets to start. I think that makes sense to me. And that wraps things up for our weekly ranking show. If you want more advice from Pat, check out his rankings. Just go to fantasypros.com slash fits. You can find Billy at FF Muzio and Pat at Fitz underscore FF. And you can find me at It's Sarah Time on Twitter. And make sure that you also check out Billy's work on Player Profile and you can Player Profiler. And you can also see some of that amazing data that Billy uses that makes those rankings so spectacular with their data analysis tool over at Player Profiler too. And if you have any questions about any lineups or trades, we are live each and every Thursday on YouTube, 3 p.m. EST, 12 p.m. EST, taking your questions. For Pat Fitzmorse, for Billy Muzio, I am Tara Roberts. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 